All right. Love watching you guys fellowship. Uh, Happy New Year to all of you. Glad you're here. If you're new today, uh, you've picked a great Sunday to be here. It's a little bit different than normal. We call it Vision Sunday, and we're just going to review what we're doing and why we're doing it, and uh, maybe even a little bit of how. And um, we'll be looking at the scriptures, but on a kind of a more macro basis. So uh, I'm glad you're here. And uh, for Vision Sunday, I, um, I just think it's a great opportunity as a congregation to think about what we're doing and, and why we're doing it. Uh, I had a privilege on uh, Friday night to see a new film called Aquaman. Has anybody seen that? Okay, got a few. All right, got a few. Uh, I do recommend it. And whether, uh, whether you look at uh, the film Aquaman or Black Panther or so many other films, uh, what we see is we see the story of God being squeezed through the arts, squeezed through uh, the theater, squeezed through all different aspects because um, we love a great story. We love the story of good battling against evil. We love the idea of adventure and jumping into places of danger. And we love heroes. We love those that uh, go in and uh, win the war, win the battle. And it's obviously, at least uh, from my perspective, these stories mirror the great narrative that's going on around us of a father and a son trying to win back the cosmos uh, from, the, from the forces of evil. And uh, so that story pervades everything, and it opens the door to us to think about our lives and where we are and what we're doing. And every day that we go to work, Every day that we go to school, every day that we hang out with a neighbor, uh, every day that we gather as a family, there is a, there's a battle going on. And we, as followers of Jesus, get to enter into that story and take a step uh, into darkness to take back what the enemy has taken. And this is going on in small ways as we train children Uh, to do the right thing, uh, all the way through business decisions, all the way through our relationships. We are constantly stepping in. And I love that just in the last month, this congregation has been stepping into some amazing things. Uh, We had a family released, a man released from prison, and uh, we were able as a church to buy gifts for his four daughters, ages uh, five, eight, 10 and 13, um, for, to deliver to he and his wife uh, gifts from uh, five or six families in this church who participated, but also our family shop team went down there and did personal shopping for the four girls. We had their sizes and, of the clothing and their shoe sizes, and when Marianne and I brought that, uh, all that, it was like a trunk load plus, to their home, uh, we were able to pray for them. We were able to uh, talk to Jesus, talk to them about Jesus. We were able to uh, point them to some churches out there that we knew. They live in uh, Harrison, uh, 
And uh, it, was, it was bringing the light of Christ into the darkness. It was a team effort. It was absolutely fantastic. We also uh, went caroling, about 30 of us. And uh, as we walked around the neighborhood, we knocked on doors. We uh, invited people to Christmas Eve services. We prayed for people. Uh, sometimes we just gave people hugs. And again, it was... It's, 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 a, it's a momentous moment when you invite someone into the things of Christ. It's a, it's a life or death moment in many respects. There's huge stakes involved and there's personal risk involved, but that's what makes it an adventure. That's what makes it part of being in the battle with Christ, in the battle with each other. And so uh, I saw women organizing surprise birthday parties for another sister in our church. I saw uh, the uh, reaching out uh, by at least two members of my congregation that I'm aware of to repair broken relationships in their families, taking great risks to go after that. And one of our older saints, Thelma White, uh, had a medical emergency during the holidays. She ended up in hospital. And uh, Tom Dewey and Linda Barnhill, one of our elders and one of uh, the members of our youth team and worship teams, Linda, they spent hours on the phone getting her the right rehab place, driving her, installing her, and then visiting her, organizing visits for her, and then bringing her home and unpacking her and getting her back set up in her home And this is all what I call vision. This is vision. This is walking out the vision and walking out who we are as a congregation. So I want to start this morning by standing, and uh, if you can, and affirming the heart of the faith by reciting the Apostles' Creed together, kind of as our opening prayer and as our our key thought as we head into Vision Sunday. Uh, The Apostles' Creed, let's say it together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And so, Father, as we walk through this Vision Sunday morning, I pray that you would touch each of us with a word from above, with the power of the Holy Spirit, with inspiration, and Lord, that uh, each of us would leave here today with your vision for us uh, individually and collectively in 2019. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the agenda for today, uh, and we're going to do, if you have questions as we go, uh, please stop me, but I want to do a vision and strategy review I want to look at our results for the last year, uh, highlights, so to speak. I want to open the floor for testimonies. Um, We'll take uh, two or three or four brief testimonies of neighbor love or God doing something special in your life or giving you direction or something that would be encouraging to the whole church. 
Uh, then I want to look at the update of our long-range planning effort that we started last year and we will complete this year. Uh, then I want to look at the footprint that we have in the kingdom of God uh, briefly and talk about uh, our finances and uh, update you on some things going on there. Then finally, I want to focus in on uh, what is uh, super important for 2019, at least in my view, and some of the initiatives we're going to be ch- taking as a congregation. Uh, then uh, we'll pray and uh, give time to let the Spirit lead us on next steps. And uh, then I will uh, bless you and release you. And Mark is then going to come up. And we're going to spend the last five minutes of the service uh, just updating on security and doing a security simulation as part of our ongoing effort. So uh, let's dive in. Our vision can be uh, easiest and most concisely expressed in this little overlapping chart diagram. And... um, Our purpose is to live and love in Jesus, in his power. It comes from Galatians 2.20. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So we want Jesus to live through us uh, in love and in life. Uh, And we follow him together. We belong to each other. We were purchased for a price. So we belong to each other and we do this together. So our vision is simply that God the Father would be glorified as his kingdom advances Uh, here and globally. So it's all about the kingdom. Uh, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and we'll have everything else we need. So kingdom, uh, glorifying the Father. Our strategy is to make disciples that multiply, that make other disciples. Disciples that obey the teachings of Jesus and disciples that build strong families. And that's that's a unique DNA of this congregation. And I don't mean biological families. Uh, nuclear biological families. I mean Jesus' definition of families, uh, which is those uh, brothers and sisters of his who are seeking to do the Father's will. So sometimes that looks like uh, a divorced mom caring for kids. Sometimes that looks like a widow. Sometimes that looks like a family who has someone living with them, maybe an exchange student or something like that. Uh, Maybe it looks like multi-generational families where one of the parents or both are living in the home or next door. Uh, Sometimes uh, it looks like adoption or foster care. Um, Sometimes it looks like just opening our homes uh, to bless one another. Sometimes it's just the small groups that gather in a home and that becomes our family. However, God works by the Spirit. Uh, We want to build uh, these, these families that can carry the kingdom on mission to where they're going, to wherever they're going. And then our approach is to recognize that people don't grow when they're condemned. People grow when they're loved and when they experience uh, both invitation and welcome, but also challenge. God loves us as we are, but he doesn't want to leave us there. He wants us to continue to be challenging each other And we do that in the power of the Spirit. We don't make things happen. We don't run the schedule. God runs the schedule. And we do it with grace and truth. Jesus came full of grace and truth. So we all need grace to grow, and we all need truth to grow, and we all need to discern how to release grace and truth uh, to others in the ratio that Jesus would. And we do that over time. We recognize that not everybody 
is on the same spiritual journey at the same time. We're all on a different journey, whether we're seeking or we are new believers or we're disciples or we're disciple makers. There's a, there's a pathway and we're all on that pathway and we all need each other. We all need each other to grow and to become all that Christ wants us to be. And if I could describe the heart of this strategy in one picture, it would be this picture right here. And it, um, next picture, sorry. Yeah, this picture right here. And it is the idea that in living and loving in Jesus, uh, we model ourselves after his approach, after his way of doing things. So if you look at this little story in Luke chapter 6, Jesus goes up on the mountain. He spends all night praying. Uh, Then he comes down from the mountain and he chooses his 12 disciples and uh, they become a team, and then they go out uh, together to heal and bring the kingdom and transform those around them that don't know God. And so that's the up, in, and out uh, model of ministry, and this uh, pertains to us dramatically because, and you've heard me say this a hundred times, if we don't spend time alone with God and in his word and in intimate, unhurried time with him, where we don't hear his voice, then we're probably not going to be able to experience the love that he has for us in Christ Jesus. And if we don't have that experience of love, if we have not received that experience of love, it's going to be very hard to do anything more. Uh, And that's why I always start with up, time alone with God, hearing his voice, fellowshipping with Abba, our Father, and uh, recognizing and receiving uh, the love that is in God's heart for us in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit. That's the up. And then in the in, uh, it is being in a community of love, acceptance, and transparency. It's being in a community. It might be a small group. It might be a men's group. It might be a women's group. It might be... uh, a serving team. Uh, it might be a number of uh, just one-on-one relationships that you have. But we need community because we need to experience God's forgiveness. We need to experience His grace. And we need to do that with people, with human beings. And when we do that, we grow in the understanding of who He is and we uh, experience the community, and we realize that in addition to God loving us, there are human beings around us who know and love Jesus who accept us with all our warts because we're all wondering the same question. If they knew everything about me that God knows about me, would they want to be my friends? And the unequivocal answer to that in Christ is yes, yes. And then finally, as we become that community and grow in that community experience, we then go out with bold, contagious kingdom love for all of those who are far away from God. And it really works as a virtuous circle. The more we hear from God, the more depth of community have we have, the stronger our work and ministry becomes and it, it feeds on itself. So that's the heart of the vision and the strategy of Uh, walking with Jesus together here at Marymount Church. And so let's look at what some of the results were uh, over the year. Um, 
Donna Painter leading our pastoral and soul care ministry. A lot more people receiving prayer, receiving soul care, uh, receiving really growthful experiences. Uh, Teaching of scripture from the Old Testament and the New Testament, uh, the book of Isaiah, the books of Thessalonians, the Sermon on the Hill, uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and uh, our anticipation series, all of it focused on obedience. And really all every Sunday and every day, hopefully, asking ourselves the question, Abba, what are you up to today? And what are we doing? And what's next? And, and really walking in obedience to that. And uh, small group leaders uh, spend a lot of time learning and growing so we can strengthen the ministry of our small groups. Uh, we have a number of families caring for aging parents who went through a, an amazing uh, season of meeting together and encouraging each other. Neighbor love is going deeper into our culture. Uh, Katie Smith has joined the children's team to give some uh, part-time assistance to Leslie Seaton uh, in her role. We finished a video of our culture and updated our website to make it easier for people to grasp who we are and what we're all about. And we commissioned an associate pastor search and actually funded the budget for that. And I'll, I'll show that to you in, in a minute. Uh, we had a number of people go through the membership class. Uh, we had uh, 10 new individuals uh, join the congregation as members, which means they make five discipleship commitments. Um, so there's nothing about membership in the scriptures, but we make these five commitments to, to what the scriptures say about being part of a local fellowship. And so, uh, and the, the latest person to do that was Krista Taylor, and she was here at first service. Uh, you will know her. Uh, she's an African-American lady who works at the Connect Desk, I think on second Sundays. So next time you see her, please welcome her officially. And uh, she's part of a small group, and uh, she has uh, a real gift for prophetic ministry. So just encourage her when you meet with her. So I want to now open the floor by way of uh, testimonies to those who might want to share this morning on some of the things God did either in 2018 or recently and that would be a blessing for the whole body yeah say your name and we'll keep these brief so we can cover as many people who are interested so my name is julie raz um, is that yep good um, julie rasmussen and uh we uh, had the privilege of going on sabbatical um this year uh via this wonderful church and so we were gone for three months and we had a, a great time. But going away, basically, we went uh, out west, where we're from. And I was kind of wondering, you know, is God, you know, pulling my heart back out west? And um, I realized that he is not. And uh, we went to Bethel, and we went to many uh, wonderful churches out there. And I think what I wanted to share was that every church reminded me uh, that we're in the right place. And, and pulled me in. And said, you know, what you have in Cincinnati is so wonderful. Yeah. And the, the leadership that Dennis and Marianne provide and the elders provide is above and beyond anything we saw um, out there. We went, to, uh, we went to a conference at Bethel. We went to uh, Montana and, and Seattle with Portland and, and Colorado and many churches. But I just want to uh, take a minute and really honor uh, the elders that we have. And 
for letting us go and for Dennis and Marianne uh, and their awesome leadership. And I spend time with Marianne uh, once a week and we get together and meet and, and talk and, and work through our stuff. So, and Dennis is an outstanding pastor. So I just, it's really fun. So what you're saying is the grass is not greener on the other side. Okay, awesome. Anybody else want to share? Ah, mm-hmm. My name is Dennis Spurgeon, and I don't share very often. Uh, but my wife and I, we lost uh, her mother back in April of last year. And uh, prior to that, we'd spent a lot of time caring for uh, her parents. Her father had glaucoma and was blind, and uh, you know, that caring lasted for several years. But <clears throat> after the death of Iris, uh, I just wanted to praise some of those folks that have really shared in our recovery uh, from our loss. Uh, and I've been meeting with, uh, with Zeke Swift and Tom Dewey and also attending a uh, men's group on Friday mornings. Mike Cameron teaches that group. And then I also took advantage of the uh, soul care that uh, Donna provides too. And <clears throat> I hate it when I do this. <laughs> Okay, brother. Um, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, we all go through stuff, and sometimes this stuff comes fast. And uh, you just need to be connected to friends. With them. Within the church that uh, can love you through the stuff, and then when the stuff is over, that uh, can help you move on. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you. Yeah, in Second Corinthians, in the first chapter, I think it talks about comforting others with the comfort we have received. And uh, Dennis, I know you and Helen will be a source of comfort for many people in the years ahead. Praise God. Yes. Hi, um, my name is Kim Beach. Where do you want me? Hey, where? <laughs> uh, um, and last year, uh, Ted and I had the opportunity, a business opportunity that came to us. And uh, one weekend, uh, Ted was out of town, but Dennis did a sermon on work and why we should work. And the Bible says that everybody needs to work to eat and and they were going to have a prayer service that Wednesday specifically about work. So when Ted came home, uh, I said, oh, my gosh, you're not going to believe it. They're having a prayer service on Wednesday to talk about people changing jobs or thinking about business opportunities. And um, one thing that we have not been good at, um, and I would just like to let everybody know that uh, <laughs> um, we've not taken a lot of our um, decisions to God. So I said, this is a perfect opportunity that we need to, to take a decision to God. So we went to the prayer service and it just was amazing how 
just how loved we felt and how we knew that this decision was going to God. And one of the most incredulous things was we were thinking about joining a, um, an, an insurance company called Erie Insurance. And there were four people there for prayer that night. And as we were talking and uh, just explaining our decision and what we were thinking about doing, one of the other gentlemen said, oh my gosh, I'm an Erie Insurance agent. <laughs> so it was just really um, God just saying, yes, you know, we think you're on the right path. And Sean Cohen has been just a fabulous support and encouragement to us in this decision. So I just, number one, uh, be vulnerable. And we, like I said, we had never come for prayer before. So if it's something that you've thought about but just have never got done, I would you know, just highly suggest doing it. It was a, an unbelievable experience, and it was an awesome experience together as a couple, too. So um, be vulnerable, go for prayer, and take things to God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Love that. Good. Yeah, we meet every, every Wednesday night for prayer uh, in, in, the, in the north entrance here by the tennis court, by the offices. Come, and we'll pray with anybody who comes. So, excellent. Um, well, with all of that said, with our strategy and the highlights of 2018, I want to point out what I believe is our number one growth opportunity, uh, and that is to learn how to multiply. Uh, we have done some great ministry by addition and by uh, encouraging uh, growth in individuals, but uh, as we love and serve others, as we share the life that we have found together in Christ, as we engage and invite those around us, uh, and as we grow as contagious ambassadors uh, for Jesus, as, as carriers of his love and his kingdom, uh, we have an opportunity to learn how to multiply. That is, uh, to, th- to begin to think differently uh, about multiplying and, and inviting people along and not doing stuff on our own, but inviting someone else to come, uh, doing what uh, Kim just did and uh, give testimony that might encourage someone else to jump into something, but to be contagious. And uh, as a way to take a step, a concrete step towards that, we've invited uh, Dave Heidenreich back, and we're going to have a uh, disciple-making movements uh, taster this coming weekend, Friday night and Saturday. And if you want to grow as a disciple-maker, if you want to learn about uh, places around the world where movements are multiplying disciples... Uh, Dave Heidenreich and a guy named Phil Alessi uh, are going to be here. There's no cost for it. We will take a love offering. There'll be lunch on Saturday uh, for $7. If you would like to take a step forward in that, I encourage you to uh, join in for all or some of that and take the next step uh, in our discipleship. But let's let's ask God uh, even just right now, Father, we just want to learn how to multiply we believe your kingdom was based on the idea of multiplication, of giving away to others what we have received from you. And we ask that you show us new ways to do that uh, as we seek to glorify you, to grow your kingdom, uh, to make disciples who multiply, and, uh, Father, to, to be those that walk in your grace and your truth, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, topic number three, uh, long-range planning team. Uh, The long-range planning team was uh, formed last year, and uh, it was 12 people from our congregation who came together to ask the question, 
uh, what, what would God have us uh, be doing to prepare for the next five to ten years? That, that team made eight recommendations. Uh, you see them up there on the screen. We focused over the last several months on the first three, um, and we've got those done. Uh, and now we want to continue to work on the rest. The discipleship process, uh, we're taking steps towards that. We have a team working on that. This conference this coming weekend will be a step in that. Reaching Marymount more effectively by serving our flock more effectively. Uh, we have a, a big initiative on that, which is building strong families, and I will come back to that. Uh, developing small groups for evangelism and discipleship. We have made a start with that in our small group leaders community. Uh, enhancing our children's experience uh, is very much in progress. We introduced a new curriculum last year uh, that is more gospel-centered. Uh, we also introduced uh, uh, group assembly gatherings with worship and also teaching the kids uh, how to give. And the, you heard the report last Sunday that the kids together with um, matching gift from the men's ministry have given uh, to, enough to purchase four goats for four different families held, held through uh, Compassion International. And that's a life-changing moment for those families uh, as that gift uh, comes to them. Uh, and also uh, bringing Katie Smith on board. And I think our, our number one uh, uh, effort is, is really to come alongside you parents who are discipling your children. And so that was an example of that was the Advent uh, season uh, cards that we issued to help bring uh, simple family devotional ideas to the table uh, during the holiday season. Well, we'd like to take the next step with the children and add a class um, for older children at 9 o'clock so that we can have a similar offering between 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock uh, services. So that's uh, some uh, objectives uh, that we have to continue to enhance the children's experience. And then finally, uh, we want to improve in connecting with new people. Uh, we have a great family atmosphere. People feel passionately about this congregation and their friends here. When a new person comes the first time, we're pretty welcoming. But when a new person comes the second or third time, the feedback we get is it's a little hard to crack in here. It's a little hard to go a little bit deeper. So I want to share that feedback with you and to simply deputize you to be ambassadors. And I don't know what that looks like. It could be inviting them out to lunch. It could be switching phone numbers and organizing a play date for kids. It could be a lot of different things. But when we, when we connect with new people, um, hopefully uh, most of the new people who come here will come through an invitation from one of us, um, and they will have relationship. But the key is to build a relational bridge with new people and to recognize that we were once new. We were once new to the kingdom. We were once new to these things. We were once new uh, to church. So uh, encourage us to remember that. And I'd like to just ask the long-range planning team members who are here at this service to stand and just want to thank you and acknowledge you for all your hard work. Uh, one of the uh, projects was number three, and uh, to, defi to define or to capture our culture, and I'm going to show you a video 
that is currently on our website. Some of you may not have seen this, so let's watch this together. As a family, we need and belong to one another. Jesus embodied the true nature of honor and calls us to honor others above ourselves. We do so by treating each other like royalty in calm and in conflict and across ethnicity, economics, and generations. We look forward to welcoming you to our community and walking out these teachings of Jesus together. I'd like to have the uh, communications team who put that together, who are here today, stand, and we can uh, tell you guys, job well done. I think uh, Luke is here, Mark, Jamie, Linda, you did some helping. Uh, That's on our website. I I watch that periodically and pray through it, and just, um, it's designed so that uh, we can... Uh, celebrate the work that God's doing here. It's designed to clarify what our strengths are. It's designed to help new people connect here more quickly. It's designed to help remind us how we're going to all thrive more deeply together and uh, to help us reinforce and deepen our vision. So I encourage you uh, to take a look at that from time to time. And uh, probably one of the big initiatives we're going to take this year as we think about reaching out to our community and, and reaching out uh, beyond ourselves is uh, building strong families in a complicated world. We're going to start into that next Sunday. I'm going to lay the whole game plan for that out, but a lot of it is on this card here. And I just uh, would say it's been really fun. We've invited two families uh, to come and join us for this series. And uh, it, it looks like they're both going to come. We've also uh, shared this with a number of leaders in in the church in the city who are connecting with families that may not be connected to a local congregation, but who want to grow as a family. So uh, it's going to be a a powerful time, and I just uh, encourage you to 
look around your, your daily life and, and see if there are people um, who are ready to take that step as a family, maybe tired of being burnt out, maybe looking for a new way of doing things. I just encourage you in that. And um, we will be doing things a little bit differently during this series to recognize that there may be people here that are not necessarily as deep in the scriptures or familiar with everything, but it's going to be a powerful time. There'll be an experienced panel of parents available to any family that wants consultation on Sunday mornings at 9 on the second and fourth Sundays. Uh, There will be Saturday morning follow-up seminars to go into some of this stuff in more depth. So encourage you in that. Pray about it. There's going to be a time where we really take some steps forward uh, building our families. And as I mentioned earlier, another big opportunity is for each of us to be an ambassador, uh, to bring invitation as a way of life, uh, connecting with new people who come on Sundays or new people who move in near you or new people at work. Uh, uh, always an opportunity to give a testimony and invite and bring people into the love that we have discovered uh, in Christ. So that's a, that's a summary for the long-range planning work, and we'll carry on and push those to completion over the course of the next year, Lord willing. Uh, topic number four is our kingdom impact. And here uh, we talk about the kingdom footprint of the congregation, but we also talk about our individual Luke, Luke chapter 12, verse 33 accounts, those, those treasures that we're storing in heaven. And as individuals, and these are some of the ways that that uh, takes place. So in the in the last year, uh, our financial giving grew from take the next slide grew from uh, six hundred and twenty thousand to six hundred and eighty thousand, an increase of ten percent. This was to fund the search process and uh, the startup for the associate pastor search, and then. Uh, next year, the budget is an increase of 9% to fund um, the first eight months, we're guessing, the first eight months of that new associate pastor on board. Um, and they will, of course, be focused on discipleship and family. So they will be continuing to work against our key strategies. And um, so far, that process is going well. We have begun interviews with uh, seven candidates, and we'll keep you posted on our uh, progress. Um, but that uh, is a, a great testimony. And in addition to the giving of 680000 there was uh, significant giving beyond that that went directly into missions that didn't come into our, our church budget. Uh, and another, uh, including our missions giving, our local benevolence giving, and this extra giving, uh, probably north of 160000 was given uh, to work outside of the church, about 22% of that budget there. So uh, part of the footprint that we have is in Indonesia and Israel and uh, Mexico, uh, South Africa. But what I wanted to just share this morning was just an update on Nigeria. We have a work going on in northwest Nigeria where that red area is. And uh, we began working there twenty plus years ago when we supported Dave and Carlene Heath who went up there to translate the Bible for one tribe in that area called the Dukawas. And um, they, uh, last January, a year ago, 
dedicated their New Testament after 23 or 23 years of translation work. And uh, over the past 10 years, the Dukawa have gone from 1,000 disciples to 12,000. And they have gone from 20 to 245 churches. And it's been an amazing, amazing uh, work of God. So uh, as we have served in Nigeria, and and the primary uh, operators have been uh, Zeke Swift and I, as we've been able to travel around Nigeria in these village areas, uh, Zeke pointed out this ubiquitous picture of three rocks, three big stones, supporting uh, a pot with a fire underneath of it. And we realized that it represented very much the picture of what we were doing, which is the translators are translating the scriptures, the literacy workers are teaching people to read and write their own language, and the disciple makers are taking the available scriptures and the people uh, who are coming to Christ through the literacy training, and they're fanning out and showing the Jesus film and making disciples and sending people two by two to every village to lead people to Christ. And it needs to be a balanced work. It wouldn't make any sense to translate the whole Bible before you started making disciples. And it won't make sense to try to have people read the Bible you're translating if they don't know how to read. So there's lots going on there. But we're now expanded to working with eight language teams in that area. Uh, This is what we're working in Uh, for the past 10 years is that bright green one right in the middle. But around that area, there's about another uh, 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 two to two and a half million people. So we're asking Jesus for 100,000 new disciples over the next 10 years and 2,000 more churches amongst these other eight language groups that we are meeting with. This will be our third conference with them and we're working with them so that All of the translators are working together. We call that collaboration. And then within each language that the disciple makers, the literacy workers, and the translators are also integrating what they're doing. And if the Dukawa success so far is replicated in these other tribes, it could be much bigger than this. But this is what we're starting with. So um, that is just a very quick picture of the ways that the, the mission investment that you're making is uh, producing fruit elsewhere in the world. Uh, So 2019, uh, what's the priority? Uh, It's hearing God daily, getting into prayer, uh, neighbor love, being ambassadors for Jesus, getting engaged in community, a small group, a servings team, a missions relationship. Uh, We're going to keep teaching Uh, for obedience. We hopefully will hire an outstanding associate pastor to drive all this further, and we will be learning to multiply as we focus on making disciples. So again, a picture of that would be the chart I showed you earlier, the next slide, that for each of us to walk with Christ and to hear his voice and then to obey and do that together. People often ask me, what are your top books that you would recommend if I want to grow in Christ? And I always start with the Bible, but they say, no, no, I'm reading my Bible, but like, is there some other books I could read that would be helpful? So this is my top 10 in order uh, recommendation for you. Um, And I'll put this in the weekly email so you have it uh, if you can't take a picture of it. But each of these books, uh, the way 
I, I would do them in order, but you could do one of them in the whole year and you'd be, you'd be blessed significantly. But the first one is about having a passion for God. The second one is about the beauty of God. The third one is about the fire of God. The fourth one is about the glory of God. The fifth one is the thrill of hearing God's voice. Uh, the next one is Bible wisdom from the whole Bible. Uh, the next one is uh, a way of knowing the story in a very, in a very um, uh, analogous form, the Pilgrim's Progress. Uh, the next one, Screwtape Letters, is about knowing what the enemy's trying to do to you. Uh, the next one is about knowing God's love. Uh, a lot of people who have struggled with God loving them have found a breakthrough in this book. And then the practice of the presence of God, that's for following Jesus in the mundane details of life. Uh, Brother Lawrence was the guy that did all the dirty jobs in the, in, the, uh, in the monastery, and he ended up being the godliest guy of the whole bunch. So those are some thoughts for you. And then our initiatives, those are in your program, uh, bottom right-hand corner of your program, so you don't have to take those down. Just some big, big things that are coming this year. And I want to just say on behalf of the women that the early bird, the early bird rate for the women's retreat has been uh, continued for another two weeks till next Sunday. So brothers, men, if you haven't got your wife registered for the retreat, uh, you can pay out front today or next Sunday, $75. And then after... February, after January 13th, it'll go up to $85. So that's our game plan for the year. Any questions? All right, I want to invite up Mike and Bryn Kelly. They're members of our congregation. They lead a ministry called Restoring Lives International. Uh, how many have been to a Restoring Lives International conference? So quite a few of us. Um, I experienced tremendous freedom uh, in my journey with Jesus through their ministry. They love people well. They're all in. And they're actually working out of a, a major healing work that God did in their lives. And their goal is to bring as many people in as possible. So I want to have you guys welcome Mike and Bryn Kelly. They're going to talk to us about the Breaking Free event coming up. Hello, everybody. Y'all doing okay? Good, me too. Uh, I just want to thank Dennis and the church for allowing us to come and present a little bit today of the upcoming Breaking Free conference we're having. It'll be a week from this coming Friday and Saturday. It's just a day and a, a, day and a fifth, something like that. And uh, Brenda will tell you a little bit more about it. Thank you. Thank you. Can I see? I was busy walking up here. How many have attended one of our conferences? Okay. Oh, hi, guys. It's good to see you. Well, it's good to see everybody. Huh? <laughs> good, good. Well, you guys know how just life-changing and amazing all of our events are. Just, just bringing such hope and freedom and healing and just accelerating it into God's kingdom and his life, right? Well, this is our brand new event, and we're excited, very, very excited about this workshop because it's different than the big conference. All new material, it's very dynamic, very fast-paced and moving. You're going to be actively involved 
from 6 o'clock on Friday night to 6.30 on Saturday night. A lot of interactive, reflective times, just fun, all to bring great change in you, to bring that healing and that free freedom, but also to just break free from these issues, these deep issues in our lives. So um, it's actually the first step in your freedom journey, but uh, those of you who have attended uh, an RLI event, because everything is new, just highly recommend you come to this one too, because it is. It's all new topics, teachings, and experiences for you. So it's an empowering workshop designed to help you break free from specific obstacles that are holding you back. And so that you can live and be God's best. Just, just think about that. How many of us want to, how many want to live God's best? We want to be God's best. And isn't that what our Christian walk is about? But stuff happens, doesn't it? It, it just gets in the way. And we're going to be addressing a lot of that stuff. So I want you to imagine, if you will, waking up every morning excited and thrilled about your day, your life, your future, no matter what life challenges are going on. Do you know that that's a reality? <laughs> Imagine feeling hope-filled and excited instead of fear, stress, and dread. Mm. Imagine living empowered and free from all the past hurts. Imagine all that internal accusing chatter that's going on in our heads. Imagine just living in perfect peace and excitement. I know all of you who have been through a conference know what that is, don't you? <laughs> Imagine the deep hidden feelings of shame and guilt and self-unloving, all gone, all gone, and you're free from it, not dragging it around anymore. And imagine you living 2019 as a courageous, free, victorious overcomer in Christ Jesus. Do you know that that's possible? It's a promise. Actually, Jesus took care of it on the cross so we could live it. Amen. So this is a very, very exciting uh, workshop, dynamic, like I said, and, oh, that just happened here. Uh, I love how Dennis started this morning talking about, I love those movies. I watch so many of those because they are empowering, and there's that correlation with God, and our stories, our life story is supposed to be one of adventure and excitement, and we are to be empowered by the Spirit of God. We, Jesus is the hero of our story, but did you know that you're to be the hero of the story? You are to be victorious, courageous overcomers in Christ Jesus. And that theme is talked about from the moment you walk into the breaking free to the moment you leave at 6.30 at night. In fact, you're going to be declaring, I am a victorious, courageous overcomer in Christ Jesus. Amen. It is fun. It's exhilarating. It's so exciting. And you're going to step out of here changed, different, and with tools to keep moving forward in your walk with Christ Jesus as overcomers. Amen. Amen. And before I forget, I know that Mark is going to have you all exit this way or that way. And our poor little table at the last service had nobody come because that's where the Sorry about that. was supposed to be coming in if we had COVID. So after you all find out where the school is or 
how comfortable <laughs> it is in that little room, step out into the back. <laughs> We're at a little table just to say hi, and if you want to make reservations, that would be great. So please don't miss it. It's a unique experience, and you'll have a lot of fun. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Let's have a hand for them, and I'm going to pray for them. Yeah, Lord, we just thank you for Mike and Bryn. We thank you for their life's journey in the scriptures and the Holy Spirit to wholeness and healing, uh, their transparency, their invitation to all of us uh, to grow in our healing and grow in our uh, strength in you. And so, Father, uh, bless them for calendar 2019, their ministry, uh, their staff, their volunteers, their finances. I just pray that you would uh, fill them uh, to overflowing so they can continue to be a blessing to others. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I have 10 seconds? Mm -hmm. Okay. I know there's a lot more young people in here this morning, and we just did this in Nashville. And at that, you know, there's a lot of young people in Nashville. The whole right side, I don't know, was there 12 or 15? They were so excited, so, I mean, they, afterward, they came up and, oh, thank you, thank you. Some are going to come up here to this. Some are coming to the big conference. We had a retired pastor say, oh, I wish I would have known this sooner. This has really stretched me and grown and grow me. And he was in his 60s. So this is for everyone to come and break free and get your life back. Amen. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> So I'm just going to close with what I do almost every Sunday, which is, what's your next step? What's your next step? How will you move out in 2019? How is God speaking to you? So let me just pray over you. Um, There's some suggestions here, uh, but I I just want to pray and invite the Spirit to come. Lord, uh, come by your Spirit now. Show us... uh, the individual aspects of our lives that you want to touch this year, that you want to heal this year, that you want to strengthen this year. And we, uh, we give this year to you. And we, we ask that you help us grow in obedience, grow in wisdom, uh, grow in our fruitfulness uh, for you and your kingdom. That, uh, Lord Jesus, you would, uh, through this congregation and the churches in our city, uh, you would earn the full reward of your suffering through our obedience and our joy and our testimony, the testimony of Jesus. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.